name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. There's a guy at, at my gym, I go to Retro Fitness right over here on Northern Boulevard, and he's got, he's got this tattoo, it's right underneath his, his, his armpit, right here, and it says, death before dishonor. And I actually believe him. I do. Maybe, maybe it's because he, he's always there. And I, I don't go that much, but whenever I do go, he's there in the morning, he's there in the afternoon, and he's there at night. So I, I think to myself, how often is this guy at the gym? And if he takes care of him, his body that way, if he takes care of his body that way, this is how my reasoning goes, and he takes care of his soul the same way, then he really will die before he dishonors himself. Maybe it's the fact that he, he, he was so bold that he wanted to ink this on himself in such a way that you can never erase it. But I think most of all, the reason why I believe him, the reason why this claim is credible, is because of his haircut. I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous, but hear me out. His hair is, is cut close. It's cropped real close, military style. So when I look at him, I say to myself, he must be a Marine. And Marines are Semper Fi, always faithful. My grandpa was a Marine in World War II. We always begged him, Grandpa, tell us stories about the war. And I, I'm sure that he had lots of stories of faithfulness to his brothers in arms. He probably could have told stories about people stepping in front of bullets, throwing themselves on grenades and foxholes, but Grandpa would never tell those stories. And I think we know why. But I can tell you what happened after the war. Those men, those Marines were always faithful to each other. They went on vacations to each other, with each other. They visited each other. And every time one of them died, you know this about them, any time one of them died, they were at the funeral. Faithful until death. Even though I was a generation removed from my grandpa's marine unit, this group of guys were so faithful to each other that they would give anyone related, any connection to this marine unit, a scholarship. So they gave me thousands of dollars while I was in college, simply because my grandpa was a marine. Such was their faithfulness, semper fi. Faithful to God, to country, to each other, to the death. There's other great shining of examples of faithfulness too. If we look closely, maybe you heard about the dog, Il Capitan. His owner dies and he goes missing for a few days and then they find him. Do you remember where they found him? at the graveside, the tomb of his owner, and there he lived for six long years, faithful even past death. And then, and then there's a couple, you each know at least one who is married for 60 years, and they never even have a fight. 
faithfulness. These shining examples, these examples that shine like stars, marines, dogs, we could say, um, couples who are married for 60 years without fighting. The sad truth is that these, these examples of faithfulness are the exception, not the rule. The Marines have a motto, and I think you all know, we mentioned it before, Semper Fi, that is their motto. What would the motto be with regard to faithfulness of the average human being? What do you think? Interdum fidelis? <laughs> Some, that means sometimes faithful. I looked that up on the internet. Interdum fidelis? Would it be faithful until something better comes along? Or faithful until the costs are too high? Humanity, the average human being, has actually a long history, and it still plays out today, a very long history of being sometimes faithful. Just sometimes. Remember Eve? She was faithful until she saw something pleasing to the eye. Israel was faithful in the Old Testament, very faithful, until they got complacent in the promised land. Peter was uber faithful until his life was threatened. Judas, even Judas, was very faithful for three long years until, until Jesus' was, life was worth less than 30 silver coins. And you know what? Today, husbands are faithful until there is something pleasing to the eye in a blinking screen. Or something that Ashley Madison shows them. Employees are faithful until a better job comes along. Human beings are faithful until the, co the costs start to mount up or until something more beautiful, more pleasing comes along. Sometimes faithful. That is the story of the human being. But let's just be honest for a second about this sometimes faithfulness that we see. It's unfaithfulness. Just ask, just ask a wife whose husband has been unfaithful just one time in their 20-year marriage, just one time. Ask her, ask her if her husband is faithful. And she will say, oh, he's faithful 99% of the time. He really is. He's sometimes faithful. No, she will say, maybe with tears in her eyes or maybe with great anger, no, he is unfaithful. That's what sometimes faithfulness is. It is unfaithfulness. But that's just the thing. It is the great joy of God to move people who are sometimes faithful and make them faithful. It is the great joy of the Holy Spirit 
to mature this fruit of faithfulness all the way until it can be said about the person, this this person was faithful until death. And it was the great joy of the Holy Spirit to take the people in the church at Smyrna and to move them from people who are interdumb fidelis and make them into people who are semper fi. Listen to how the Holy Spirit speaks faithfulness into the hearts of these Christians. This is from Revelation chapter 2. A short section, verses 8 to 11. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. This is God's Word. Jesus is concerned. I mean, that's who's speaking here. If you had a red letter Bible, one of those things that turns every time Jesus speaks into red, these words are just dripping red because every single word is spoken by Jesus himself. The first and the last, the one who died on a cross of wood and rose again, Jesus is speaking here, and in his heart of hearts, he is concerned. Because the costs to being a Christian are rising. And they're rising rapidly. Did you notice what the costs are going to be in the very near future? There's several of them. Slander. So people are going to say about the the people in the church of Sneer, they're liars. They're bad businessmen and bad businesswomen. You shouldn't work with them. And they are going to deprive them of any opportunity for economic advancement through their slander. Suffering's right around the corner. And we're talking about real physical suffering, hunger, beatings, just because you're a certain faith. Right around the corner, Jesus says, the costs are mounting. He says incarceration, unjust incarceration. People who are thrown in jail just because they believe a certain thing. Impossible death. Jesus says it's right around the corner. And one thing Jesus knows about human beings is that human beings are faithful. They really are. Until... The costs are too high. So he's concerned. Have you ever thought about this question? Would you be faithful even to the point of death? I think it's awful romantic to think, yeah, I would. I'd burn at the stake for Jesus. I really would. I'd do that. I'd get my head chopped off. I'm that faithful. It's nice to think that way. But before you claim to be one of the few people to be that faithful, maybe think it through a little bit. Are you more perfect than Eve? 
that you can resist the temptations of Satan? Are you better than Israel at at fighting off complacency? Are you more bold than Peter that when your life is threatened, that simply doesn't matter? You'd be faithful. And has your heart, you're so strong spiritually that your heart, there's just no pull on it from money so that you're that much stronger and better than Judas ever was. Are you so much more mature than so many saints in the Bible? I think it's an important question for you to ask yourself. I don't think it's meaningless anymore. Seven years ago, if you would have asked me, Pastor Tim, what do you think about persecution of Christians today? And I would say, I don't know. But today I think we need to ask these questions. Because in the Middle East, Christians are being exterminated like bugs and nobody's doing anything about it. Here in New York, things have changed. It used to be that all beliefs were tolerated, but now all beliefs are tolerated except for Christianity. Because we dare to call sin, sin, and we say that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. I think it's an important question that we need to answer for ourselves. How will Jesus keep us faithful? And you know what? I'm no prophet. I'm, not, I'm just a simple Lutheran pastor. I really am. But are the days coming that John speaks about? You know, the easiest way for Jesus to keep us faithful would be for him to use his omnipotence. (laughs) Just to have no cost to Christian discipleship. Have you thought about that? I mean, what if if Jesus with his omnipotent power just said, you know what, every time a Christian is slandered, I will strike them down with a lightning bolt. Or every time a Christian is unjustly thrown in jail, I'll get them right back out. They'll walk out. Or every time a Christian has, is beheaded in the Middle East, that, that Jesus just said, no, I'm not going to let this happen. But Jesus doesn't use his omnipotent to take away the crown of thorns or to take off of your back the Christian cross. He doesn't do that, does he? And he didn't do that for the Christian's of smear, and have you ever wondered why? It's because if he did that, if he just made faithfulness easy, then you would never mature. Then you would never grow in this fruit that we're talking about, the fruit faithfulness. And so instead of taking away the crown of thorns, instead of taking away the cross, what he does is he gives two very important promises. Here's the first one. He says, you will suffer persecution for 10 days. So he puts a limit on it. He says, just a week and a half, you can do it, Christians. Just a week and a half, we're talking 10 days. 
And isn't that how human beings work? If we know that it will end, if we can see the finish line, we can get through just about anything. I mean, I could walk through fire if I knew that it was ending 10 meters over there. 10 days. You can do it. You can get through whatever you are suffering right now. And then he adds that promise of duration. He says this, And I will give you the crown of life. A day is coming when you will take off that crown of thorns, when you will put down the cross that you are carrying, and Jesus himself will put on your head a crown of life. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He's maturing in your life the fruit of faithfulness by His own faithfulness to you, His faithfulness to His promises. Think about this. Who can you count on in your life? Who who is absolutely dependable? What circle of people? Pretty small list, I bet. Who could you count on, not only in life, but also in death? Now the circle of people is getting even smaller. And maybe if you even really thought about it, you might find that there's only one. Because there is only one person who can turn any earthly loss into heavenly gain. There is only one who can turn whatever you're suffering now into something that is worth it in heaven. There is only one who can turn a Christian death into everlasting life. There is only one who has been faithful even to the point of death. And that death on a cross... There is only one who can make a promise. I will give you the crown of life and keep it. And that's Jesus Christ our Lord. He did that for Polycarp. Maybe you've never heard of Polycarp before. I didn't mention this before, but did you notice that this lesson is actually this letter? It's a letter. It was written to just one person. Just one person. This is what John says to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Do you know who this angel was? It's not cherubim. It's not seraphim. It's not an angel, so to speak. It's a Christian pastor. And his name was Polycarp. And he was pastor, a simple Christian pastor for the people in Smyrna. And in 155 A.D., These words that had been burned on his heart by the Holy Spirit. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you the the crown of life. They came to mean something to him. Because he stood before a Roman council, pro-council, and he's asked to deny his Savior. And this is what he said before the multitudes calling for his death. He said this, 86 years have I served Christ. 
and he has never done me wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? Then he was condemned. Then he was burned at the stake. Then, and this is written down in the annals of history, that same synagogue of Satan, even though it was the Sabbath, went and rounded up wood, and they burned him at the stake. And then he received the crown of life. That guy in my gym has got the tattoo, Death Before Dishonor. I believe him. I believe that he really would die before he dishonored himself simply because he's a Marine. And what I know about Marines is that Marines are faithful. And that story I read on the internet about a dog who lived at the, at the tombstone of his owner for six long years, I believe it. I got nothing against cats, but dogs are faithful. Will you be faithful even to the point of death? I believe you will be. Not because you're a son of Adam or a daughter of Eve. We know that the original sin was unfaithfulness. But because you're a Christian. And one thing I know about Christians is that Christians are faithful. Christians have God's promise. And the spirit of the living God lives in them. And one day, Christians will receive the crown of life. 